Good evening. Would you join me again tonight in the book of Malachi? We're working in through this wonderful book of Malachi, and we're in chapter 3. And I'd like to begin reading with verse 6 and make just a few comments about that verse. We've done that in the past. We've looked at that verse here in our study of Malachi. But there's just a little bit more meat on that bone. And particularly in, in uh, today's climate. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now we're going to look down through several other verses of this chapter and we can see some of the reasons that God brought that verse out to the children of Jacob here in the book of Malachi through his prophet, through his preacher, uh, because he's going to bring up some things that they're doing and it's a good thing that he changes not, and that's why they're not going to be consumed. Now, from a fleshly standpoint, God was going to bring in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through this line. And he was not going to consume that line from the flesh. But we look at it from a spiritual standpoint, and we're thankful that God has made that promise that he changes not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, even though we sin daily, that because of the blood of Christ, who take, which taketh away all sin, he will not consume us. Now, we're very thankful that the word of God standeth sure. This is what God's word says. He changes not, and we're thankful that his word does not change. And in the book of Hebrews, would you join me there in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 for a brief reading? In Hebrews chapter 6, it tells us about the... Uh, strength of God and his ability to uh, not be as man. He is God, and beside him there is no one else. Here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, and there in verse 18, verse 18 and 19, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which endureth into within the veil. So this promise of God that he would not change, therefore ye sons of Jacob, he changes not, he's not going to never has, never will. That's one thing that we can uh, just take by faith that uh, God Almighty will never change and His Word will never change. And as we find here, it's impossible for God to lie. He's not a man as we are. We're so thankful that the foundation of God stands sure. Not only did He promise He'll not change, His Word will not change, He will not lie, but we find out that his, the foundation of God standeth sure. And this is a verse of Scripture found over in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We read this wonderful verse of scripture about God knowing all things and that the foundation of the Lord standeth sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 19 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. It's immovable. It's as God is. His word is as God is. The foundation of God is as God is. It standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of God depart from iniquity. 
should be our blessed prayer every morning to say, Lord, keep me from sinning. We know we will, but Lord, be gracious to us. But even in our sin, he has promised upon saving, regenerating his children, his lost children, and making them known to him and us, uh, him known to us, he said, the seal of the Lord is this, the foundation of God standeth sure. It is God's foundation. It standeth sure as he is. We're also very thankful that the eternal purpose of God standeth sure. If you'll turn back with me to the book of Ephesians for a couple of readings in the book of Ephesians chapter, first one is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, we find here that as God changes not, his purposes change not, his word changes not, his foundation changes not, they are all as sure as God is, and that gives us great hope, it gives us great peace, we're able to rest in him, we're able to rest because of the blood of Christ, uh, we don't have to go around uh, uh, worried and concerned uh, all the time, uh, we can see the hand of God moving, we may and we probably never will figure out what it all means, but we know this, that God is working all things after the counsel of his own will. And uh, here it tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We're so thankful that the eternal purpose of God standeth sure. It doesn't change. It's not manipulated. We can't pray and get a group of uh, people, more people praying for a matter than the people not praying for the matter, and we'll overwhelm God and he'll have to do it. No, God has an eternal purpose and he's going to carry it out. And we've said many times, and we'll just say one more time, we do not want a God that changes. We don't want a God that we can get enough people to pray. He'll change his mind about something. We just pray, Lord, may you make me pleased with your will. Here, also in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, as we think about this, is to, uh, to be thankful as God changes not, and his word is uh, secure, he lies not, and his foundation is sure, and here we find that his purpose of God standeth sure. Here in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 11. We find this wonderful passage. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of these sweet blessings are for the church. Because God changes not. Or as we find a similar passage of scripture here in the book of, or in the New Testament, it carries with it the same as we find there in the book of Malachi, and that's found in the book of James, James chapter 1. Would you go there with me? We've read this in our previous studies, but I want to read it again here in James chapter 1 as we find out what blessings we have that God changes not. And here in the New Testament, it says here that there's, there, there's no variableness, neither even a shadow of turning. James chapter 1, verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Uh, we might just say right there that uh, all spiritual blessings come down. Uh, we don't uh, acquire them because we've been 
righteous or because we've been doing good works, but he, they come down to us because of Christ and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So as we found over there in the book of Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 6, that I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. We find here at James in the New Testament was bringing out almost the same message. There's no variable as neither shadow of turning. Now if you go back with me there to the book of Ezra, excuse me, to the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And we find there in verse 7. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 6 we found, I change not, though I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye have gone away. Now, when we just think about it for a minute, as we look at this from a spiritual standpoint, uh, the sins of our fathers, or our grandfathers, or our great-grandfathers, or our great-great-grandfathers, whatever they were like. And most people have no idea what those folks were like. But here, speaking about the fathers that were of Israel, of Judah, of Jacob, even from the days of your fathers, ye have gone away from mine ordinances. You know, even from the days of your fathers, we, we need not fix a particular time or age when this apostasy began. It is an old apostasy. We don't, it doesn't matter how far we go back. We're still going to run into it. We can go right back to the Garden of Eden. We run into apostasy when Adam apostatized against God Almighty. And we're going to find that in his line as he brings down through the ages. But here, the children of Jacob, the children of Israel, even the days of your fathers, ye have gone away from my ordinances. No longer had he gotten them out into the wilderness there. Then they are going astray. We're wanting to have what we had in Egypt. Well, it's just an evidence that there was no regeneration, even though they had seen the wonderful works of God there were a few that understood. It says, with regard to Moses, by faith uh, he uh, gave the Passover. Well, he was looking forward to Christ coming. He was looking forward to the Messiah. He understood that, that this is a picture of that. That's what faith does. It causes us to trust God. And as we follow through the scriptures, we trust God that he would provide the sacrifice. We trust God that he's the sin bearer. And here's a picture in the type and the shadow so Moses offered by faith. Now here it says, Even as the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances, have not kept them. These folks were the best kept people in all the world. They had more uh, of God about them than anybody else. And yet we find without regeneration, we just have no concept of the blessings of God. Return unto me, and I'll return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Well, calling return to somebody is like asking somebody that is deaf to come. It doesn't matter. The language of God, the language of the, of the Bible, the language of, of the Spirit is far different than our natural language. And we, we just can't comprehend it. I live around a lot of folks that speak another language, and I don't know what they're talking about. few words I can pick out. Well, uh, people can pick out a few things out of the Bible. They can pick, up, pick out creation. They can pick out this or that out of the Bible. But when it comes to spiritual things, it is not given to us except through regeneration. Return unto me. Come to me. 
Well, if you don't have any hearing, you're not going to pay any attention. Wherein shall you return? So this, uh, we don't have to just go back one generation or two generations or three generations. We need not fix a particular time. My goodness, we don't come along with our children saying, and it was common in religion, age of accountability. Well, that's the age when they became a sinner. Well, the age that we become a sinner is when upon our conception. That's when we take upon the nature of our father, Adam, and that's when we're a sinner. And if we don't believe that, we have a problem because sin brings death, and many infants have died. Now, they probably have not committed some overt sin, have they? We're going to agree on that. But because they died, they have revealed to us that they too have the nature of Adam. That's why we die. All right, going on here to verse 8. Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? Robbery of God has been the human trend set from the fall of Adam. Robbery of God was experienced by the first man, Adam, and is experienced by the firstborn son of Adam and Eve, and all those who follow, offering the fruit of the ground. That is robbing God of his blessings. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. What was that? He had nothing to do with the producing of this lamb. He had only... He went out and selected it. He slaughtered it. He put it on a burnt offering. He's saying to everybody, to himself and to everybody around, three other people, I am a sinner. I need a substitute. I need an atonement. I can't do it. There must be shed blood. And by faith he did that. And he's looking at the Lord Jesus. He's looking at the Savior. We have a picture and a type and a shadow, but his heart is looking to a Savior. He is doing the same thing that God's people do today when we take the Lord's Supper. We're looking at a picture of the Savior. He was looking at a picture of the Savior. Cain was not looking at a picture of the Savior because Cain thought he was his own Savior. He could take care of it. It didn't matter what God had to say. He's robbing God. He's exercised his will against God just like we find that Adam did. Now, if you'll turn with me to the book of Proverbs, book of Proverbs, let's turn over there and we'll see here that uh, offering the fruit of the ground is a demonstration of what we find here in Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, as we think about robbing God, here in the book of Proverbs chapter 21, and in verse 1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Now the church takes great comfort in that. It's taken, the church has taken great comfort of that in every generation. In the days of Pharaoh, in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, in the days of Cyrus, in our day to day, that everybody that has any authority has been put there by Almighty God and as rivers of water he turns them as he wills. And he is going to accomplish his eternal purpose. And he's going to make sure that the people he has chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world are going to hear the gospel. And he's going to use these folks to do it. To get them in the right place or to move a preacher to the place that they can hear the gospel. Now it tells us in verse 2, Every way of man is right in his own eyes. 
but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Just as we read here concerning um, uh, Cain, he did what was right in his own eyes. I don't care. And he robbed God of glory, he robbed God of praise, he robbed God and heaped that praise upon himself. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. A proud, a high look and a proud heart and the plowing. The plowing of the wicked is sin. The plowing of the wicked? Why is the plowing of the wicked sin? Well, there is always pride in what we do. And even in planting seed, if we don't know God, and we don't know Christ, and we don't know his word, we're going to take great pride in looking back and seeing what we did. The plowing of the wicked is sin. Turn with me, if you would, over here to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 4. In Daniel chapter 4, we read about a, a king, a great king. He's going to be used to take down Jerusalem and Judah, bring them into captivity. But here in the book of Daniel, chapter 4, and verse 30, we have this king speaking. Now, he's a pretty important person, but when he became a pretty important person to himself, let's look at this. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. I have done this. And the plowing of the wicked here, he is plowing his field. It is wickedness because he's giving himself the glory. And that's what's being brought out over in that passage of scripture. Robbing God of his glory. Not looking at God and thanking God. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And for seven years he's turned out like a horse or a cow living out in the field. And it describes his appearance as he lived out there. But what brought this on? Now it's his own heart. His own heart. Desperately wicked heart. I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm proud of my plowing. My, my furrows are so straight. I'm, I'm thankful for what I've done, and I'm doing a great job of it. That's what we read here. And that's no wonder we find over here in the book of 1 Corinthians with regard to Christ and the benefits that we have in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 you know that passage of scripture we've been using it a number of times here in this study. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, we read those words. It says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and redemption and sanctification, excuse me, and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Verse 29 that no flesh should glory in his presence. We're thankful for what Christ has done for us. We're thankful for the gospel that was brought to us. We're thankful that someone brought it to us. We're thankful for the work of the Spirit in us. We're thankful for the revelation of Jesus Christ, that the word of God becomes precious. All of those things are as a result of God and not ourselves. There's another instance in the book of Acts, chapter 12, of a man seriously robbing God. 
here in Acts chapter 12. You know, it's so easy. We, we just, we like, we like compliments. We like praise. And over here in the book of Acts, there's a king that makes an oration. He makes a speech. And instead of giving God the glory, Acts chapter 12, verse 21, instead of giving God the glory, read with me here, Acts chapter 12, verse 21. Will a man rob God? Yes, yes, yes. Without the grace of God, without the mercy of God, without the help of God, without the regenerating act of the Holy Spirit, without Christ in us, we'll do this. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel. Kind of like the Lord said. You've whitewashed the grave, but within is dead man's bones. Raid, sat upon the throne, and made an oration unto them. He made a speech. He was an orator. Would you rather have an orator, or would you rather have someone who knew something about the gospel? Well, the people gave a shout. Now they're doing what he wanted done. They gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God, and not of man. Now at that moment, Herod's pride took over. Paul Paul had the same thing happen to him, except he didn't give a great oration. He did something, and the people said, Oh, my goodness, this is Mars, and he's Jupiter. Uh, He's a god. And what did Paul do? He shut them down right away. John did the same thing. uh, uh, He he and his, uh, when we read in the book of Revelation, he looked at someone, and he said, I fell down and began to worship. He said, I'm just like you. Only I'm in a different body. All right, here it says, the people shouted, great. And in verse 23, and immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. His plowing was wicked. His furrows were straight. They were deep, but they were filled with pride, self-pride, self-importance, And it said, and he was eaten with worms and gave up the ghost. So the the thought over there, do men rob God? Yes, they do. They rob God physically and they rob God spiritually. What we read over here in the book of uh, James chapter 4. James chapter 4. This thought is brought up here about, you know, going into a city and we're going to make some wealth. Go to now, verse... uh, 13 of chapter 4 of the book of James. James chapter 4 and verse 13. Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say is, if the Lord will, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord will, we'll live through this. If the Lord will, we will do this. So it's the Lord taking preeminence in our life, in our heart, and in our mind. Now, robbing God of spiritual things is more grievous The very thought of saying God has done all he can do 
it's now up to you, is worthy of spiritual death. The very thought of that, the very thought of saying Christ even died for those in hell, is worthy of spiritual death. What great lies people have said about God. He has done all he will do, and he will accomplish all his purpose, and he will not fail in one iota. And Jesus Christ died for those that he intended to save and purposed to save and will save, and not one more, and none of those shall be lost or be in hell. Jeremiah wrote about the false prophets of Jerusalem. Turn with me back to the book of Jeremiah. These false prophets in the book of Jeremiah, robbing God, robbing God. Here in the book of Jeremiah... Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. And there in verse 14. Jeremiah 23 verse 14. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none, none doeth return from his wickedness. Now, if we look at that from a spiritual standpoint, we find out that they are not uh, associated with Almighty God. Uh, it's a horrible thing. They commit adultery. They followed after false gods. They taught people about false gods. They pretended to be right, but they're wrong. They have no heart for it, and they walk in lies. There's no truth in them. Oh, the truth is so precious. And here, these guys are walking in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers. They're, they want people to be proud of them, so they'll, uh, they'll offer out goodness to them or blessings to them. And that none doeth return from his wickedness. There's nobody is ever changed from their wickedness. There's no thought of being different. It's, oh, I'll turn over a new leaf tomorrow. I'll procrastinate till tomorrow, or the new year comes around, and we'll do what we can do about that, and before you know it, we're right back where we were. And then it says, They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and the inhabitants of Gomorrah. These prophets of Jerusalem, in their religion, and in their works of religion, are equal to the Sodomites and the Gomorrahites. Now, we say, boy... I'm thankful I'm not like that. Well, if we're robbing God, if we have nothing in us that worships the true and the living God, we're just equal with those folks over there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And in fact, the book of Isaiah tells us in chapter 1, if it wasn't for a very small remnant, we should all be as Sodom and as Gomorrah. Now today... The same thing goes on as we find here. That's over in the... Let's just turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 15. I'm going to read two verses out of Acts chapter 15. That The same thing goes on today. Just as there in the prophets of, uh, in Jerusalem, they had not a heart for it. They had no truth in it. The, the only uh, company they'd keep was with evildoers. And they just kept perpetuating the same 
negative religion that nobody, uh, nobody has ever changed. Nobody has ever helped. Here in the book of Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15 and verse 1, we read these words. This is what they were dealing with in the days of the Apostle Paul in uh, Acts chapter 15 and verse 1. And this has been perpetuated down to our day. It's just part of what was brought in by Adam. And we find that that his son Cain perpetuated this. And it's down through all the religions. And here it ends up even Jews in Judea. Following the Apostle Paul, it says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Unless you keep the legality of the law, you can't be saved. Unless you're in bondage to the law, you can't be saved. Well, we could put that into today's vernacular, and we would say, Unless you're baptized, unless you keep the Lord's Supper, unless you join our church, or unless you do this, get down on your knees and grovel, pray through, all the other stuff that is brought out with regard to uh, religion. We find here that they were dealing with it. And then in that same chapter, in chapter 15 of the book of Acts and verse 24, Acts chapter 15 and verse 24, for as much... As we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words subverting your souls, saying, Ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. The Apostle Paul was a preacher of the sovereign grace of God. That God sovereignly saves his people from their sins by the sacrifice of his son. And there is no room at all in this for the law, for circumcision, for baptism, for the Lord's Supper, the keeping of those things that would add anything to our salvation. And so to say that we have to have something plus Christ is to rob God. And people have been doing it, they're doing it, and they will continue to do it. But save people, God's people, they find out, what a blessing it is to serve God, not rob God. Uh, the Lord Jesus uses several times in his ministry on the earth, beware. Beware. Beware of robbers. Beware of robbers. Except you be circumcised. Beware of robbers. All kinds of folks are coming along. Would you turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. We have the Lord Jesus bringing the subject up because he knew, he purposed what's going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. Beware of false prophets which come in to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Well, they don't have the heart of a sheep. They've never been born again. They're going to come in with false ideas, false prophecies, false word, false things about God. They're going to be saying things that we've heard in religion and we're thankful that God takes us out of that and puts us into Christ. And these things are put far from us. It's easy to detect. I remember one time a man came to visit when Nancy and I lived down in Central Point and something came up and uh, the first thing out of his mouth was, well, my mother and my dad were both good church members. Well, he said more than he needed to say right then. False prophet. People who give credence to whether 
where the parents go, where their family goes, or whatever they do, this is in uh, revelation of where they are in their heart. They're ravening wolves, false prophets, and beware of them. And then, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, the Lord Jesus comes here in this Matthew chapter 16 and mentions about leaven. Leaven. Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Jesus said unto them, Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Well, my goodness, we as his disciples sometimes mistake what he has to say, but he's so pleased to reveal these truths unto us. He goes on and shares with them what it is, which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, you know, let's let's not beat him too badly because there's nothing that we get, it's not revealed to us. We cannot come to the truths of these things without the revelation of the scriptures, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit showing us the truth about it. And he's demonstrating to them, the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the Spirit. It is the Spirit that giveth life. It is the Spirit that reveals these truths to you. So Jesus perceived, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves and the and the five thousand, and the how many baskets ye took up? Either seven loaves and the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? We're, we, we so easily forget the rich blessings of Christ. And that's why it's so important we go back, and we go back, and we go back, and rehearse these things. And the Holy Spirit will teach us. The Holy Spirit will give us uh, the life of the Scriptures. These disciples, they were looking at the physical, and the Holy Spirit was going to give them the spiritual. Verse 11, How is it that ye do not understand that I spake? It is not to you concerning bread that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Then understood they. What a wonderful thing. When God allows us to see the truth of the scriptures. Then understood they. It was revealed to them. Jesus taught them. How that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread. But of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Legalism. You must add something to the gospel. It's uh, we're Abraham's children, and on and on it goes, all the things they have to say. Beware of the doctrine, the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This, uh, uh, it, it, just, it just permeates the scriptures as the Lord shares with us that there is a narrow way that leads to life, and that narrow way is Christ, and he must reveal himself to us. We're on the broad way. We're thankful that he takes us to the narrow way. And if you look with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 20, Luke chapter 20, we think about this, will a man rob God? Uh, It just goes on and on and on through the scriptures. And then we find out what a blessing it is that he reveals the truth to us 
and we quit doing that. We quit robbing God. Luke chapter 20, verse 46. Luke chapter 20 and verse... Well... Excuse me. I'm in Matthew. I'll go to Luke. Luke chapter 20. And verse 46. Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at the free at the feasts which devour widows houses and for a show make long prayers the same shall receive greater damnation beware of the scribes the knowledgeable ones which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms at the feast. My, my. Beware. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2. So, honor God. Honor His Word. Honor His way. Honor His Gospel. Honor His Son. And as we said, honor God. This will be the way to prevent robbing God. This will be the way to be right. And we can only do that. I have to say this again. We can only do that as Christ reveals himself to us in salvation. Would you turn back with me again to Malachi? Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And verse 12, And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. With all that is wrong, God is able to see all things through grace. All is falling out for his glory. My church is a delightsome land. Wonderful, wonderful place. Even though all is wrong, all that is wrong, all that is wrong, God can look at his, at his land as a delightsome land through grace. Turn with me to the book of Zechariah. Over here in the book of Zechariah. Chapter 8. And verse 23. What an interesting verse it is here. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days, in the gospel days, in the gospel days to Abel, the gospel days to Noah, the gospel days to Moses, the gospel days to Joshua, to David, the gospel days today, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages. My goodness, Gentiles? 
all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. My goodness, God is with national Israel as he is with all the Gentiles. They are kept from generation to generation in the purpose of God because they will be used to bring all of his elect to physical birth. But what a blessing it is that we find that somebody who knows something, a spiritual Jew, these folks are going to attach themselves because what? We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. What was it that Ruth said to Naomi? Your God shall be my God, and your people will be my people. Well, she had a lot there in Moab, but there was much more in that beautiful land, and that was the spiritual land of Israel, when she went to find what it was to be blessed by Almighty God. So, God kept Israel because the Messiah is going to come through them, or kept Judah, Messiah. And he also had generations of generations of Jews. We can call them national Israel. They didn't know God. They forgot God. They worshiped God in a lie. Or all the Gentiles, and he's going to keep them from generation to generation. May not save a soul in this generation or that generation. There may not be any sheep there, but if they're ones that are going to bring the elect into this world through the physical birth, he will watch over them, and it will be a glorious day. Verse 13 of Malachi chapter 3. Verse 13 of Malachi chapter 3. The word says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Your words have been stout. In other words, your words have been harsh. Or you have said terrible things about me. Or you have spoken arrogantly against me. Or you have criticized me sharply. That's Israel speaking against Almighty God. And that is common among natural man to speak words that have been stout against God. And then it says in verse 14, And ye said, It is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that ye, we have kept his ordinance? My goodness, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You wouldn't think you'd hear anybody say stuff like that. Religious people saying stuff like that. And yet we find here in the book of Malachi that Judah and Benjamin is saying stuff like that. Ye have said it is vain to serve God. I had a man tell me yesterday that I used to believe like you, but I don't do that anymore. How vain. What is a prophet if, it keep, if we have kept his ordinance? What, what does it do? If there's no heart change, you don't believe like the Bible. You don't believe like Christ taught. And that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. Right now, many are wondering how to escape this plague that's upon us. This 
coronavirus. How does anybody escape all these natural spiritual plagues is far worse. How can I escape this thought of it doesn't do a thing to serve God? Or that I'm speaking out against God, my words are stout, or I'm I'm robbing God, or I'm I'm out to destroy, I'm out how can I what what can we do? What can anybody do? How does anybody escape these natural spiritual plagues that plague us from the very morning to the very end of day? And my friends, it keeps many people awake at night. The plague of spiritual plagues. The only thing that can cause us to be escaped from the natural spiritual plagues that God has brought out here in Malachi. He says, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. And look at all this nonsense that I'm putting up with. He is so, we are thankful. We are so thankful for the forbearance of God because he had every right in the world to smash us out. But because of the covenant of grace and his choice of his people before the foundation of the world, he has purpose not to. The new birth. God is pleased to raise his lost children from darkness to light through the new birth. The preaching of the gospel and then the spirit of God gives us the new birth. He, he causes his people to see, to hear, to feel, to taste him with spiritual senses. Oh, how delightful he is when he gives us new sight. He's not the same as he was. In fact, there was no nothing about him that we should desire him, and now he's altogether lovely. We have new ears to hear the word of God. And like the disciples so often we say, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. And then by the grace of God, he lets us hear something that explains that passage or that thought, and we go away rejoicing to our own our new spiritual tongue. We get to taste things that we never tasted, spiritual things. We get to taste, the, uh, as the Lord said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part with me. That's not physical. That's not taking the Lord's Supper or any other thing. That's being able to taste the goodness of God. And uh, it affects us in such a tremendous way. And to our new spiritual skin, you know what? We don't mind putting our mind reclining and resting on Christ. Before, my goodness, we wouldn't think of that. We can't rest in him. But now, we have new spiritual skin, and it is attracted to the wonderful touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be like John, recline on him. We can rest in him. Come what may... Almost all of the disciples of the Lord Jesus were martyred. They rested in Christ. They rested in Christ. The church rejoices that he has forbearance with us until he saves us. There's not one of us that would say, not one of us would say that we should not have been dead for what we thought, said, did before he gave us regeneration. He honored his eternal covenant to save his people's. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. What a wonderful thought is brought out here. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Many of you could quote that, but I'm going to read it. 
it says here, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In that while we were yet sinners, knowing full well what we were, what we are, he still died for us to put away sin. He puts a hedge about his flock. So all the allurements of the world are not permanent, only temporary. Remember that passage over there in the book of the Psalms where the psalmist writes, Psalm 73. Just join me over there. I've got two verses there. And then with that, we'll close. In Psalm 73, Psalm 73, two verses. Psalm 73, verse 2. Psalm 73 and verse 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. No, that's only temporary though. Thank God, because of grace. That's temporary because look down here at verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Now, what is the sanctuary? A lot of people... But don't you uh, don't you do anything in the sanctuary? What our church where we meet is an auditorium. Our sanctuary is Christ. So he brought me to the sanctuary. Brought me to Christ, as it tells us there, unto God. Then understood I their end. If they don't have this sanctuary, their end is judgment. He puts a hedge about the flesh so that all the allurements of the world are not permanent, but temporary. Thank God he shows us Christ, and then we can see their end. No more envy now. God has been gracious. We look to him for all our hope and all our peace. So, will a man rob God? Yes. Will he do all this? Yes. God is gracious, though. How do we get out of it? How do we get out of that plague? Only one way. God gives us the new birth. We can't prompt him to do it. He gives it because of grace. And when he gives it, it's such a radical change that God gives us new eyes, new ears, new flesh, spiritual, mind touching him. And we got new taste, new smell. Oh, it's oh so good. The graciousness of God. May we pray. Gracious Father, bless us for Jesus' sake. In his name we pray. Amen.